Welcome, 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 and good morning. Good morning, everybody, to another episode of Bold Statements, Not So Bold Predictions, where we've got receipts. I'm your host, Keith Cork, along with your one and only co-host, Trey Hill, the best co-host in the world. Uh, guys, if you've never listened before, on BSBP, we do place wagers on NBA game outcomes, player props, futures, and much, much more. We aim to be right more than we're wrong, which is easier said than done. Uh, I haven't been great so far here, Trey. Uh, but we're still hanging in there. Trey, you're actually in the lead right now. Let me take a look at these uh, credit ratings here. I'm at a, nem- a, 90, a negative. <laughs> wow. It's too early for me. A 97.3 rating. And uh, Trey, you are at 100.7. So congratulations. You are over the 100 threshold. We did start with 100 credits. Um, how do you, you feel about that? You feel like it's going gonna, it's gonna to remain? Or, or, uh, yeah, we're on the... <laughs> we're on the we're on the upswing now. I went three and zero on my picks last show, so I, I'm hoping the trend continues today. I've actually got you. Well, I've got you on three and zero, and then one BS call uh, that you won, which is actually the same call. So so technically four and zero. We'll say three and a half and zero. So uh, I'll take the four and zero. I'll take yeah, the four and zero. Why don't you walk me through those bets? How how did those play out for you? Uh, we I had the Bulls minus four and a half over the Jazz. They just came out and won outright. Um, plus plus four and a half. Yeah, they were they were the other. Oh, oh yeah. Did I say minus? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> no worries. Yeah, we have pl- Bulls plus four and a half. I was gonna say I didn't even have it pulled up. I wasn't ready for that. No worries. Bulls plus four and a half. You you won that one just outright, and then you also had Mr. Uh, Patrick Lonsberry, who was our guest on that show, call a BS on you. Uh, or maybe we called a BS on him. I don't remember how exactly how that played out, but you won that. You, you end up. You, ca- you called the BS, and yeah. then I I piggybacked on it because I already had the call. A double a double BS. It was a, it was a gang up of sorts. But yeah, we, our Bulls took care of business. We can talk the, about that. Right. Later. The Knicks won, and then Detroit won in Cade Cunningham's debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the one I had to sweat out was Cleveland plus nine and a half, and the under two sixteen. Cleveland lost and they lost by nine, but I that half point saved me. So <laughs> it it was a close call, but a win is a win. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, the under was a great call. I, you know, that spread did have me a little bit worried. Um, I think it did end up dropping to like seven and a half or something like that. I could be making that up, but I want to say that's what happened. So this it, is the it advantage. did. It ended up it yeah. ended up dropping. I I got I got lucky snagging that one. I. I picked that up before Cleveland played the Lakers close. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's, this is the advantage, but also sometimes the disadvantage of grabbing these lines early guys is sometimes they do shift in our favor. Uh, I know the Knicks did. Uh, that was the show before last where I, I called the Knicks five and a half and ended up being about seven and a half because uh, somebody got ruled out. And that shifted the line, but um, they ended up winning by six. So all the people that jumped on that seven and a half late didn't get any payouts. But uh, but if you jumped on early at five and a half, you did. But it could go the other way too. Someone could get. Uh, um, and then actually that was last show. I'm looking at now. New York Knicks minus five and a half. Um, but yeah, if uh, you know, it can go the other way too. If, where if you grab a line early and then obviously somebody on your team gets ruled out. Uh, and you go, oh crap! <laughs> but you never know. I mean, you can still hit it. Uh, so there's there's just advantages and disadvantages to grabbing this stuff early. But yeah, I had Knicks five and a half. Uh, I'm trying to remember uh, who they were playing and, and who got ruled out. But um, while I pulled that up, I also had Boston Washington. Oh yeah, I can talk about this right here. Boston Washington under two twenty five. 
Oh, I missed this one. I am so upset that I missed this one. It should have been easy money. They were way under in regulation. Um, one of them was not shooting so hot. Um, and I think it was Boston that came back. I think Washington was up um, somewhat big, eight, nine points. And then and then Boston came back. Uh, neither of them could see. Uh, Dinwiddie was at the line for two free throws at the end of regulation, and he missed one which gave the Celtics a chance to, um, it was tied and the Celtics had a chance to win. Of course, the Celtics screwed up and didn't, didn't get a bucket. So went into overtime. I was pissed, but whatever. Uh, still had a chance to hit this in overtime. <laughs> and it just it just wouldn't happen for me. They went into double overtime. Uh, and I'm just so sad because <laughs> that it was, was a such call. a good call <laughs> because you, you still had the under after the first overtime. Yeah, it's a uh, it's rough. That's a uh, you know you get bad beats sometimes. You get good beats. It is what it is. Um, and let me see. This is for the Saturday games, and the Knicks were playing the Pelicans. That's who they were yeah. playing. That's right. Yeah. So they they only won by six points. Uh, the Pelicans had Brandon Ingram ruled out. That's right. Who is basically their entire offense at this point. So I felt really good about that. Um, the line did shift like I think seven and a half, maybe even eight and a half. Um, so hopefully you grab that early, guys. But it's all good, but yeah, I also had Bulls plus 4.5 because, like you said, Mr. Uh, Patrick, I called a BS on him because uh, he had Jazz minus 4.5. I didn't know the Bulls were going to win. Um, wasn't sure about that, but I did think they were going to lose by less than five points or yep. four points, whatever you want to say. Uh, but yeah, they ended up winning. Um, great game. We'll talk about that in a second here. Washington minus 2.5 was the other one I had, which was another BS call. That was actually uh, Patrick calling a BS on me. Um, because I wasn't, I wasn't, I was too cowardly to take Boston plus 2.5. Uh, so he ended up taking Boston plus 2.5. I take Washington minus 2.5. So this was a, an instance of good luck in that same game. So I guess I can't really bemoan my bad luck for the under too much because I did win that bet. Uh, the Wizards did win by exactly three points in double overtime. Uh, so I take these, these are mine, you link. Uh, and uh, that's how I wound up. But yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit of Bulls, man. Uh, tell me some you got some observations from that game. It was a great game. I, I watched it a little late because I went to a Halloween party, but um, I'll let you go first. You tell me any observations you had. How do you feel about it? Uh, Javante Green came in and it looked like he's not he's going to make the Bulls miss Patrick Williams even less than we thought. Uh, what I really noticed was just the defensive energy that team has. To be able to stop the Jazz, and the Jazz were without Mike Conley, which is, you know, it's a huge it's a huge guy to not have out there. But when Donovan Mitchell wasn't playing, they just absolutely suffocated the Jazz, it felt like. And then when Mitchell was on, it was a much more uh, tightly contested affair. But I was just glad to see the Bulls, after, after, not, after losing to the Knicks and kind of coming up a little short, they... They rallied, but the the whole game, it just kind of seemed like they were coming up just a little short and the Knicks were just a little better. To see them come out and to beat the last undefeated team, it was a nice response from a team that I, I don't think last year they responded as positively. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good bounce back. Um, you know, it was a great game, I felt like. Um, the Jazz, you know, they struggled to, to hit open shots. The the Bulls did miss a few assignments, I feel like, and, and it could have gone either way, honestly. Um, Bulls, got, I might go say the Bulls got lucky. It was it was a hard-fought game. They, they deserved to win that game. Uh, but it could have gone the other way. Um, you know, there's a couple couple instances where, where the Jazz just hit or missed open shots. Uh, and they went on a little run in the fourth again. And, yeah, that's kind of concerning me a little bit um, that the Bulls are just letting these teams, you know, they have them, they're up 10, 11, 12 points. 
and the teams are fighting back pretty pretty easily, uh, you know, towards the middle of that fourth quarter. Um, so that does concern me a little bit. DeMar DeRozan just looked incredible. I think this guy gets gets, gets slept on constantly. Um, his mid-range game is just insane. Uh, if you need a bucket, I, you know, I, I have no problem going to him at the end there. I think I had a friend actually in group chat complaining to me at the end of uh, the Knicks game saying, hey, why didn't Zach Levine get the ball? He looked like he wanted the ball. And you know how basketball is. You have a first option, second option. It looked like Zach Levine was was pretty well, you know, denied on that entry pass uh, from the out-of-bounds play. And um, so they went to the second option, which was DeMar DeRozan. And I have no problem with him uh, taking that last shot. I think he's he's money. He's proven. I think, you know, uh, in that Knicks game, Vooch, I, I think we mentioned this before, but he brought over that defender, and that really kind of screwed DeMar DeRozan up. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I'll take it nine times out of ten. <clears throat> no big deal. But, um, yeah, I think speaking of Vooch, the, man, the man's been struggling. Uh, do you think he's going to turn this around, Trey? I think, you know, from what I saw, I, the same friend that was telling me garbage about um, – Zach Levine was was saying, you know, Vooch looks like a uh, looks like our new boozer. He was actually at the game, which is kind of funny. But he's like, he looks like our new boozer. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? You're dumb. Because <laughs> because uh. uh, he well because Vooch he he's not afraid to take the contact. He was going into Gobert. He was drawing contact. He was you know, boozer would be shooting 15 foot you know fadeaways all game if it was Rudy Gobert. But uh, Vooch isn't afraid to do that. Um, he just he's been struggling he, to finish. Yeah, and. To finish is is correct. I went and looked again at the numbers. He's still shooting under 40%. He's right at 39% at the rim. When traditionally he's been somewhere, 65% is the lowest he's had in the last five years. So to see a 25% drop in his around the rim percentage, I don't I don't see that continuing. He's down 7% on his three-point shots. That trend, I mean, I guess that might continue if he is a declining shooter, but I feel like he's still hit some pretty nice shots, and they're not, he doesn't shoot in the corner, so they're above the break threes, so they're they're more valuable threes to me in terms of spacing the floor, but it's that around the, those bunnies he keeps missing. I feel mm. like those are going to come around, and once he starts making some of those, and that then the defense has to collapse on him because he's he's punishing teams around the rim i think it's just going to open up the offense even more for the bulls yeah there's a lot of just a lot of actions where he's rolling into the middle of the paint um, not necessarily getting you know within the the couple feet range there he's kind of you know in the very middle of the paint um you know halfway between the free throw line and the and the and the basket and he's getting hook shots and they're open and they're good shots and he's just just missing them right now so i'm not worried about him i think he'll turn it around um, you know, we were saying in the preseason, a lot of t- people were saying the, uh, the Bulls are going to be an offensive juggernaut. They're going to struggle on defense, which is funny. They're about top five, I think, in every advanced metric uh, as far as defense goes, which, uh, you know, I don't think we necessarily thought it'd be this good, but it, it has been. Uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I I didn't expect it to be in the top five. I, I, I was hoping it would be around 10. Is is kind of where my my high ceiling expectations were, but the just Lonzo in particular has just it's been uh, just so fun to watch. I I was trying to think of an adequate word to use yeah. to describe it, and it's just controlled chaos on defense. He he's so good at getting over screens and bothering these guys, and with with the refs not calling so many ticky tacky fouls this year it's 
he's really been able to take advantage of that and use his size because he's huge and teams we've seen a lot of teams try and post him up to no avail and the versatility he bring he brings on defense i think is really kind of key yeah and um talking about before um last show but i'll, I'll just reiterate i think he, and you said it too javante green is the best fit for the bulls right now as far as the pieces that we do have i think um, I do like Derek Jones Jr. Don't get me wrong. I've liked him for a long time. I think it was um, very proven, you know, in his stint with the, with the Trailblazers. It's just he's a liability on the offensive end just because he can't shoot. He wants to dunk everything. Everyone knows when he catches the ball, he's going to dunk the basketball. So he plays the baseline very well. He's going to be great in a 15 you know, to 18-minute role, which is what he got a little over 18 in that last game. Um, but I just don't think – I don't see him as, as a really key part of this. I think Javante Green also missed out on a few minutes in the first half because he ended up with three fouls pretty early, um, which which is going to be a problem he's going to have also because he does tend to foul quite a bit, have a pretty high foul rate. Um, so hopefully he can iron that out and, and get to like a 25- to 28-minute mark on a regular basis because he does space the floor a little bit better with the shooting. Um, shoots at a high clip, doesn't need to shoot the ball a whole lot. I think he's just a, a great fit for for a Patrick Williams replacement. I wish, wish Patrick Williams was there. But um, I don't mind having Javante Green. But anyways, let's talk about the games from last night. Um, obviously, I was out trick-or-treating. I caught some of the later games. I caught the um, tail end here of the uh, Jazz Bucks, which which wasn't all that exciting. The, the Bucks did make a little bit of a, a comeback, but they don't have Rick Lopez. They didn't have Drew Holiday. Didn't have Chris Middleton for this one. Um, so, I, But I was playing Grayson Allen over, over 2.53s, which uh, I don't know why the bookies continue to put him at plus 100, basically, or better uh, for over three, over 2.5. But, I'll, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'll take their money. Uh, he had, I think, five last night. Uh, yeah, he went five of ten last night. Yeah. Uh, and he said the game I watched points. was the – I watched the Charlotte game, and Dame just continues to struggle is what, it, is what I saw. Yeah. It's – uh, I'm look, the plus minus said he was a minus six and McCollum was a minus 18, but McCollum had 11 more points on only four more field goal attempts. Mm-hmm. It just Dame Dame just continues to struggle. And on the other side of the ball, Miles Bridges. Oh yeah, he's just popping when off. Did, when did Miles Bridges <laughs> become the better Bridges? Is what I want. Oh uh, man, he, he's crazy. Yeah, he put up 19. <laughs> 19 points and nine assists. Last night, his playmaking was the best I've ever. It's the best I've ever seen. And I've been I watched a lot of the Hornets last year, and then I'm covering them this year for another site. So I've been watching them a lot. Plus, I live here now. So Bridges has he's taking a leap right now, and it's really it's really impressive to watch. And if you have, I don't know how much you watch the Hornets, but LaMelo Ball, he's just one of those playmakers that elevates everyone around him. And then, you know, like 10% of the time, he's doing something that makes you just shake your head and just want to strangle him. Yeah, he's, uh, he's still young. He's going to iron out those kinks. But, yeah, you know, he's, he's impressive to watch. I, I haven't watched him um, enough, to be honest with you. Um, that Hornets team, though, they are on a red-hot start. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how, how that rest of that season plays out. But I do have an interesting play tonight uh, based on them. But we'll we'll get to that in a minute here. Um, but, no, uh, I also wanted to ask you, did you see that um, Russell Westbrook shot that just went, like, oh my God. the corner yeah, of the backboard? Uh, that's just quintessential uh, Russell Westbrook to me. <laughs> there's, like, like, there's, like, a handful of plays a game where you're just like, what is this dude on? Like, he's just he's – 
he goes 100 miles an hour every single second. Ah, uh, man. But uh, but the Lakers took the, care of business last night. So the announcer, <laughs> the announcer on that call, I didn't do him justice there. Yeah. But yeah. But his reaction is just the reaction we all have when we watch Russell Westbrook take a shot like that. Yeah, and uh, and obviously I couldn't watch that entire game because you know I had to I had to get up early and, and see your smiling face. But um, but no, the, the Lakers were taking care of business early. I was pretty confident they were up like 20 points or something by halftime. I was pretty confident they were going to take care of business. Looks like they won by about 10. But yeah, I did I did happen to see that play, so that kind of uh, made me go like what? <laughs> yeah, they won by 10 and they got outscored by 11 points in the fourth quarter. So they were yeah. up by 21 entering the fourth. Yeah, uh, that'd have been great if they'd have blown it, cause uh, you know I'm not a big Lakers fan, but that's okay. They won, it's all good. They'll turn it around. They've got a lot of talent on that team. Uh, but yeah, you were telling me this before we started here, uh, and I did see it on Twitter. I didn't watch the game, obviously, but uh, Kevin Durant and Kelly O, what, what happened there exactly? Kevin Durant was frustrated about something, and he Kelly O went to you know give him like the down screen, and Kevin Durant loaded up like like he was a football player. And it looked like from the above angle, I'm pretty sure he just kind of threw his arms forward and elbowed Kelly Olenek right in the side of the head. And I kind of wonder, I know he was ejected. I also kind of wonder if they might try and find him for it or maybe even, I can't imagine them suspending him a game, but he did also just have an incident where he threw the ball into the crowd and the referee. I, I don't know if it was the 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 union from the referees or if it was just one of the NBA referees speaking out about how he should have been he should have been ejected right then and there. Mm-hmm. I just went and rewatched it. So not only does he load up and yeah. and hit Olenek, he then gives a second thrust after making the contact, and that's when he catches him with the elbow. Mm-hmm. So it. It was a pretty, it was a pretty blatant just shot to the dome for Kelly O. And I feel like if it was somebody other than, I mean, Kevin Durant's gonna take some flack for it because he's Kevin Durant. But like, if it would have been one of these big bruiser guys or like Joel Embiid, uh, it could have done more damage. And I think we'd be talking about it more. You know, Kelly Kelly O though he does actually. Um... I won't say he's a dirty player, but I'm watching this right now too, and I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm, I mean, it's a movie screen. I mean, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, I bet he was doing it all game. Oh uh, yeah, because he does guys, a lot. <laughs> yeah, you hate him when you're going against him. He yeah. he's he gets under your skin and he annoys the crap out of you. I I don't. I'm not saying I even fault Kevin Durant. I've probably been known to to throw some arms like that <laughs> myself when. Do it, dealing with the screens. It's just, it really does look like he catches him with the elbow. And it was the definitely, NBA's, excessive, definitely yeah. excessive. I mean, I'm watching it now, like I said, and uh, yeah, the, it was the, if he would have stopped after the first, you know, the first elbow looks inadvertent, like I think he might have said that, but um, but if he would have stopped after that, I think it wouldn't have been an ejection. I think it would have been fine, but then he continues and just completely full extension shoves him. Uh, that was a pretty easy call for the refs, I think. <laughs> Uh, so, do you, you know, do you we'll, think they'd be less frustrated if Kyrie was back and they weren't? I mean, they still won. They they cruised yeah. to a 117-91 win, but I feel like Durant's just getting frustrated with how the season's playing out. Uh, I mean, I would be, yeah, for sure. I don't think you know. Um, I mean, he's getting up there in age, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know how many more you know years he has left as far as his prime goes um you know it, he might feel like Kyrie's wasting it i would be pissed if i was uh, james harden too 
you know, and it's a it's a tricky situation. You know, we've talked about it a few times on the show. Um, you know, how are you going to convince a guy to get to get a vaccine? Um, I don't think you can. I don't think that's your job as a player to convince your fellow player to get one. But uh, but yeah, there's got to be a frustration there for sure. You know, to say, um, hey. I came here for this reason to team up with these people. And now it's like, I can't, you know, it's not happening. Um, Harden didn't get 19 free throws the other night. So I think he's, he's cracked the code on the, on the new rules. So things will be back swinging in the Nets favor sooner rather than later. Yeah. He got, let's see, he got only three in this game. That's kind of, kind of uh, interesting, but, uh, but no, he's, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think um, as far as, you know, we we both thought that, you know, he would iron it out eventually. I did fade him in, in the, you know, Miami money line call not too long ago, um, but I stopped doing that really quickly. I think he's going to adjust. He's got better size than someone like Trey Young, who's very short, and I think uh, is going to still have a little bit longer. And also Trey Young hasn't been playing in the NBA, you know, that long. Um, I think James Harden had a really, really, a game that didn't really depend on, on drawing these fouls before in OKC and he kind of went away from that. And now he kind of went to, you know, kind of abusing this, this rule. Uh, so it took take him a minute to adjust, but I think he'll be fine. Uh, Trey Young has never proven that he's had a game like that before. So I think it's going to take longer, but he is a skilled player. I'm not taking anything away from Trey Young. Don't go out there and say, I'm, I'm <laughs> bashing this guy. You're a Trey uh, Young hater. No, I'm well, uh, you know, I was at first and, and he's, he's won me over. Uh, but I will fully admit I was at first. I didn't want the Bulls to get him. I was glad they didn't get him. Um, so, but uh, no, he's 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 won me over. He's a, he's a very talented guy. So he'll figure it out. Um, Speaking but, of figuring it out, yeah. though, we oh, do you want it? Were you doing a read? I was going to no, no, go for it. Oh, we figured out the picks last week, man. We finally had, or not last week, last show. Mm-hmm. And I'm confident that we're going to be positive again today with the picks we have this morning. And you know what, Trey? That makes me feel pretty good. You know what else makes me feel good, buddy? <laughs> Some Manscaped products. Join 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to keep their front and back court polished all year round. Trim their, with their new lawnmower 4.0, which is included in the Performance 4.0 package, and watch the hair fade away. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Yeah, see, it worked out. Uh, you know, that, that attitude was in there. No, uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to move on. We're going to give you guys some some stone cold locks for today's games, which is why we get up so early in the morning. Trey, I'll let you start, man. What do you got for me? So my first one I've got for you is Josh Giddy to get at least six assists. Okay. He's going up against, oh, where'd it go? ESPN reset to the NFL on me. They think I want to talk to. They think I want to NFL. talk about the NFL. We don't want to talk about the NFL. Um, the, the Clippers. Yeah. So they're playing the Clippers. He's he's hit it in three of his last four games, and the game he didn't hit it in. I went back and watched the minutes he played. I counted three assists he should have got if they would have just been able to make some layups. So I, I'm confident that he's going to be able to hit the six assists, especially with SGA expected to play. The Clippers are favored by 11. I, I kind of expect them to put this away, to be to lead comfortably, and for Josh Giddy to just kind of get some run and to get those six assists. Okay. Awesome. Uh, you got well, one? Let me go again. Okay. No, you so go ahead. Then well, I've got one more player prop. I've got Clint Capella to get at least 13 rebounds at plus 106. They're playing the Raptors. Correct. Yeah. No. Shit. 
I'm going to have to cut this. <laughs> They're playing the the Wizards. Okay. And the reason I was thinking Raptors is I had in my mind undersized team going against a giant in Capella who I expect to dominate in rebounds like usual. It, he's a rebounding machine. We expect him to win the rebounding title this year. I don't have it pulled up how many times he's hit that in the last few games, but I, I expect a big game from Capella. The Hawks are three and three. The Wizards are five and one. If the Hawks really want to be res- to gain back some of that respect they've lost to start the season, I'm, I expect the Hawks to win, and I expect the Hawks to cover because Trey Young and Clint Capella dominate. Yeah, the Hawks have not looked super great, um, and I'm trying to see what was the number you had there for Capella's rebounds. Thirteen rebounds. Thirteen. At plus one hundred six. Let's see. He's hit uh, twelve in two of the last three games. So yeah, I, I mean, you know, with rebounds, you get some variance there. <coughs> Quite a bit of variance, I should say, because you know the ball is just fall fall your right way. But um, he hit thirteen and fourteen in their first two games. So um, yeah, I think it's a good call. Uh, and I think you know the the, the Hawks really are going to look to rebound here. Um, actually, I didn't mean to sound lukewarm about your giddy call. I was actually trying to look up um, his potential assists here on NBA.com. Um, and Josh Giddy is at the top of the um, the OKC Thunder uh, as far as potential assists. He's at 8.8 potential assists. And um, his adjusted assists, which is always higher than their actual assists, uh, is 5.7, which is just, uh, I think you said six is the number you're playing, right? Yeah, I'm um, playing six. Yeah, so that's, you know, just under that, I think it's definitely doable. Uh, with assists, I mean, there's some variance there also because, you know, the people that are he's passing the ball to have to hit the shot. So if they have a good shooting day, his assists will go up. Go Imagine that. Imagine how that works. Um, but no, it's uh, I think it's a good call. It's a game uh, of hunches. Yeah, it's a, it sure is a game of hunches, that's for sure. Um, I got a couple juicy calls for you guys, and I'm excited about them. I was actually expecting the lines to shift overnight, <laughs> but they didn't, uh, which kind of uh, worries me a little bit. Um, but I do have here Wizards plus 5.5. Um, uh, I have Wizards plus 5.5 against – The Hawks. <laughs> Against the Hawks, there you yep. go. <laughs> the yep. Hawks, yeah, go ahead. Five and a half, is a, it, that's a nice plus to get on that because, the, like you said earlier, the Hawks have been struggling, and the Wizards have been excellent. They The pieces they've added, they added, and the guy they shipped out has uh, – I think their team's a lot better than they were last year. Yeah, the Wizards have really surprised me. The line opened at six, uh, plus six. I'm sorry, I had to pull up my, my little explanation here. I'm just not prepared. It's it's too early. Not enough coffee yet. But anyways, the line opened at plus six. Now it's plus 5.5, uh, and it just still looks wonky to me. The Hawks just shot over 54% in their last meeting, and they, they just met on October 28th. Um, and uh, the Hawks shot over 54%, and they still came up 11 points short. Um, the Hawks didn't shoot it well from three. They only shot 28.6%, and they only got to the free throw line 14 times in that game. Um, but I think that's something they're going to continue to struggle with as far as the free throw shooting goes with Trey Young. He's, like I said, going to have a hard time adjusting still. Um, and even if they shoot better from threes, I just don't, don't think it's enough to shift this line by 17 points or shift the outcome by 17 points. Um, so I, I love the 5.5 line here. Just like you said, you know, it's, it's just a lot of meat there on the bone. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Daniel Gafford didn't even play in that game on the 28th. And they're probably both going to play in this one. I would think Gafford is questionable. Dinwiddie is not on the injury report. So he's definitely playing. It just, it, just, it feels like a trap to me. 
but I'm just going to step in it. I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and bite the bullet and, uh, and, and probably lose. But uh, Wizards play plus five is my first play. Second play here is Orlando Magic plus nine. Uh, and that's against the Wolves, I believe. Yeah, Wolves. Um, and, and, you know, this is a – first I had a gut feeling. And this, here's a little Gambler 101, betting 101 for you. <laughs> first I had a feeling about it. I had a hunch. And I said, hey, you know what? If the if there was any team that's going to be a favorite by you know this margin tonight that's going to blow it, it's going to be the Timberwolves. Uh, but I don't think they're going to lose. I think they just are going to you know win by less than nine points. Um, but Orlando plus nine, my gut told me this is just just too high. And I dug in a little bit and I liked enough of the of the stuff I, I saw to support my theory. So when you look at the four factors, and for those who aren't um, familiar, it's effective field goal percentage, free throw rate. Uh, free throw attempt rate, uh, turnover percentage, and offensive rebound percentage. Those are the four factors that we look at here. Uh, these two teams are actually really, really close and really, really similar. The Magic are actually shockingly better than the Wolves in a few ca- of these categories. The biggest advantage that the Wolves have, and they have opponent um, effective field goal percentage and all that too, but effective field goal percentage for their opponent is where the Wolves have the biggest advantage, where the Wolves are third and the Magic are 25th. So the question you have to ask yourself then is, is this something where we buy into the Wolves are actually like playing great defense and keeping these guys, you know, shooting bad shots? Or is this something where, you know, it's a result of their opponents not being really great in the games that they've played in? So it's just, you know, a small sample size and we're getting that. And I'm leaning towards that latter explanation because their opponents have been the Houston Rockets, the Pelicans twice, Milwaukee without Drew or, or Rick Lopez and Denver. Uh, Denver's obviously a good team, uh, but they've been struggling on offense too. Uh, Milwaukee hasn't been super great this season, and they're just—they seem like they're just kind of coasting right now, um, coming off the off the you know, finals win, uh, and they're going to turn it on sometime, you know, in the next five ten games here. Uh, but MPJ MPJ is struggling, so um, I'm going to lean towards the fact that you know their opponents just haven't had great games against them. So I'm not going to say the, the Wolves have been super lucky. Well, they've been lucky. I'm going to say a little lucky. Um, Those lines. I want to call BS on both of those because I think the Wolves and the Hawks win, but those lines are just too, like you said, there's too much meat on the bone to do it. Yeah, I, I did, like I said, I think the Wolves are going to win. I just think it's going to be a close game, a closer game than, than plus nine. That's all. Um, so I'm playing Orlando plus nine, playing Wizards plus 5.5. <laughs> if you want to call BS on me, go for it. I'll, I'll take your money. I'll take your credits, I should say. Uh, but no, it's uh, and then I've got one more here for you guys. And I'm actually curious to see what my guy Trey has to think about this. I actually researched this one a little bit this morning. Um, I've got Darius Garland, 20-plus points, and the Cleveland Cavaliers to win over the Charlotte Hornets. And that's at plus 425, I want to say. I just grabbed it, and it disappeared on me. Ah. But uh, plus 425 for that. I, I like it, and I am piggybacking on it. I, I will also <laughs> put a unit on that one. I like that call a lot. Uh yeah, I, it just um, and I've got some some reasoning here. I'm trying to open up the odds here just to make sure I got the odds correct. Um, it is a plus four twenty five, I believe. I'll have to do some math, but um, it's over plus four hundred. And the reason I'm playing it, guys, um, last season the Cleveland Cavaliers did win two out of three against the Hornets. Um, obviously, it's a new season. The Hornets are really hot right now, um, but the Hornets are also on a back to back. So, um, am I right about that? Yeah. Am I going crazy? Okay. No, the Hornets I watched, are on the back. Yeah, they played last <laughs> night. They, they beat the Blazers last night. 
Yeah, that's right. Okay, so the Hornets are on a back-to-back, and um, the Cavaliers are just – they're better than people are giving them credit for. Evan Mobley's a lot better than people you know, thought he was going to be already in his career. Uh, I'm excited to see what the kid's going to do the rest of his career. His defense is just insane. Um, so, you know, I think the Cavs are a decent team. I think uh, the back-to-back is going to give them a little edge here. Um, you know, that's kind of my long shot there is, is the Cavs winning this one, but I think it's definitely possible. And as far as uh, Darius Garland getting 20 or more points, he did it in two out of three games against the against the Hornets last season. Uh, and in both of those games, I did check, Colin Sexton was playing. The one game where he missed was the game that Sexton actually didn't play. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'd like to research a little bit more to see if sec, um, see if Garland does score more whenever Sexton's in the lineup, which sometimes does happen. Like Lamelo Ball actually has had better games last season with Terry Rozier in the lineup, which you would think would the opposite would be true. Um, but sometimes, you know, having that extra weapon next to you really opens up, you know, lanes and, and stuff for you. So um, it seems to help Gary Garland, I would think, when Colin Sexton does play. So uh, so get Garland over 20, 20 points or over. And Cleveland to win at plus 425 odds. That's my last long shot bet for you there. One unit to win, 4.25 units. I'll double check those unit, those uh, odds. But, yeah, that's it, man. That's, that's awesome. But, um, no, and we are getting most of our odds here, guys, from my bookie. And that's uh, just – it's the best sports book. If you guys aren't down there, get on there. Uh, we have promos all the time. Get with us. See what we got going on. But um, we're always finding you know, odds and lines that we like there. This is, this is all on my bookie today, this morning. So if you sign up into the promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, each first deposit matched halfway up to your first $1,000. So if you put in $1,000, you get an extra 500 but Trey, that's it for us, man. Um, you know, it's it's a lovely basketball-packed Monday. I'm gonna be watching tonight. Obviously, we got we got Celtics Bulls. There's no lines for that yet. Kind of crazy. I don't know why. Um, I'm but not th- sure either. I was hoping there would be by this morning, but they're not yet. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of slow with getting some like half lines out. But uh, no, no Celtics Bulls lines. But we're excited to watch that game later tonight. Um, but yeah, guys, if you're out there listening, give us a review. Say whatever you want. Give us suggestions. Just pop a five stars on it. It's going to help us. It's just going to help us get out and do bigger and better things with this show. I'm Keith Cork. You can find me at, at BSBP Keith on Twitter. Trey, where can the people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And don't forget to follow the show's Twitter account at, at BSBP underscore NBA. Time to put some money in our pockets, guys. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>